Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. First Kings chapter 21. Let's have prayer, please. Our Father, we cannot begin to express our gratitude because of your love for us. It's beyond our comprehension. The faithfulness that you have for us, even when we are unfaithful, we lift our hearts to you in praise and love and adoration for the day that you've given, for the blessing that we have in being a part of the gathering of your choice people. Mindful in this moment, Holy Father, that you are who you say you are and that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to think or ask according to the power that works within us. And because this is true, we lift to you Dublin First Baptist Church and ask, Father, that in their continued search that your good hand would be upon the pastor search team, that you'd give them wisdom, discernment, and direction that this portion of your vineyard might continue to flourish as you bring together pastor and people. I ask you, Holy Father, to minister and to do that in our time together this morning that will exalt the Lord Jesus, that will bring glory to you. May the Spirit of the living God grant his fullness, his illumination, his enlightenment, his unction, that I might be able to share those truths from your word that will bring glory to you. Now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, might be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 1. And it came to pass... After these things, I've shared before that when you're reading the scripture and you come to a text like this and it says, and it came to pass after these things that you ought to inquire somewhat, what are these things that the writer is referring to? And if you drop back to the previous chapter, you will discover that the Lord had delivered Ben-Hadad into the hand of Ahab. And it was the Lord's desire that Ahab destroy Ben-Hadad. But Ben-Hadad had devised a means whereby he had some people put on some clothes, looked like beggars, and they presented themselves to Ahab. And then he called for Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad gets in the chariot and he barters an agreement, and then 
Ahab sends him away. There's a prophet that confronts him in an unusual manner about this. And it says, because you allowed him to get away, because God gave him into your hand and you refused, you sent him away. After these things. So now it comes to this. And it came to pass after the things that he's just been talking about. After these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace. I like the way King James reads. It says it was hard by the palace. That means that it was next door. It's right there. It joined his. One fellow said one time, how much land do you want? Fellow said, not much. I just want all that joins mine. He didn't want much, did he? Uh, some of you will get it on the way home. <laughs> it was hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden, for a vegetable garden, because it is near next to my house. And for it I will give you a vineyard better than it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you what it's worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my father. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased, because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father. And he lay down on the bed and turned away his face and would not eat any food. Have you ever encountered anyone or observed anyone that so set their heart upon something that it was a wish, a desire, and dependent upon their age, that everything they did, they were so intent upon achieving that or having that, that everything they did was to acquire that thing or to have that possession. I've encountered one or two individuals that way in my journey. That then all they wanted, that every ounce of their attention and focus was upon that particular thing. That was their goal. I read about a Russian czar who had the practice of giving a very special medal of merit. He gave this medal to those individuals who he considered to have been outstanding and who helped his cause over the last year. Now, this wasn't an ordinary medal. This was a medal of honor. This was a medal of prestige. This was something like you and I would call today a MasterCard. I mean, this not only left the tip on the table, this paid for the meal. I mean, people got out of the way. This was a medal that everyone sought to have because of the honor that was attached to it. He also gave this medal to those individuals that 
at least in his opinion, had hindered his cause in the last year. And when this medal was presented, he did it at the same time. So, there was one significant difference. The medal that he gave to those that he considered at least had hindered his cause was the tip of it was dipped in poison. And when he presented that medal, he would prick their skin and they would die in their sleep. Now the moral of the story is this. Be careful what you set your heart upon. You might just get it. And James sums up all of this in 1 Kings 21 when he says, Lust and sin, when it is conceived, it brings forth death. Ahab, we will discover in this text, so has his heart set upon achieving Naboth's vineyard that he's willing to do any and everything under the sun just to have this vineyard. Now, in the text, there are three thoughts. I got one thought in the early service. I said I would finish it Wednesday night if I didn't get through with it in the second service. Tommy, I really need some water if you can get me up. My mouth's as dry as, can't say dust because, but it's very dry. We're going to look this morning at the first thought in the first four verses, and that is the vineyard. This is Ahab's wish. This is what he has set his heart upon. It has become an obsession with him. Now listen to me. The heart is like the head. It is going to be filled with something. And if the heart is like the head and going to be filled with something, then we would be wise if we would fill our Hearts with things that are true, just, honest, and lovely. You see, the mind never goes to sleep. It is always filled with something. And now what we have is Ahab's heart is so set upon this vineyard, it is born out of greed with him. And he is becoming obsessed with having this vineyard. And it is the driving force of everything that he's doing. You see, his heart is empty and he's trying to fill it with his vineyard. So that gives us a little indication as to why some people act the way they act. Their heart is set upon something, and they're trying to fill it, thank you, with some toy. So I want us to look at this vineyard. There are four things about the vineyard that we're going to see. First, I want you to notice 
the location of the vineyard. Verse 1 says it very clearly. The location. It is hard by the palace or it is next to the palace. It is next door. It is right there. Ahab saw or observed it as he went in and as he came out. I don't think he paid much attention to it until Naboth did something to it. He saw it when he went in, he saw it when he came out. I think he looked out his balcony and he looked down one day and he said, you know, that's a beautiful spot. It would make a lovely garden. It'd be nice to take a stroll in there in the evening. Or we could have social gatherings there. That's a nice spot. And it's convenient. It's right here. I don't have to go anywhere else. Could walk around in that garden. Here's the point, folks. The closer the vineyard, the stronger the temptation. Say, so what, Dr. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yes, it does if you listen. The closer the temptation, the stronger it is. If you don't believe that, just try to lose a few pounds. Now let's go ahead and determine that in the next month, you're going to lose seven pounds. Now, let's see what happens. See how many people offer you candy, cake, or pie. Just see. The closer, the stronger, the closer the temptation, the stronger it is. You have a vineyard. I don't know what it is. But I know where it is. Now I'm not smart. But I know where your vineyard is. Your vineyard is here. It begins in the mind. By thought process. It comes to the heart. And then it is action and attitude and ambition. It becomes what drives us. And every one of us has a vineyard and it is close. So what's your vineyard? What's that one thing? Wouldn't it be absolutely fantastic if that one thing that drives you and me were spiritual? 
If it were the word of God. If it were the spirit of God. If it were the things of God. That was driving you and me. I don't want to be ugly. But it isn't. The location of the vineyard. Hard by the palace. And we all have a vineyard. The second thing about the vineyard is the longing for the vineyard. Verse 2. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying... Give me your vineyard that I may have it. New King James says for a vegetable garden. Because it's near next to my house. And for it I'll give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I'll give you its worth in money. Now this is the king talking. And he comes to Naboth and he says, Now I'd really like to have that vineyard. I'll make a deal with you. I've got vineyards that are better than yours. I'll trade you. I'll bargain with you. Or I'll buy it. I'll barter with you, I'll buy it, I'll bargain. I just want this vineyard. Has this longing in his heart. You see, I don't know how long this vineyard, this garden had been. Um, I'll tell you something about my wife. My wife is an outdoor person. I mean... If today wasn't Sunday, when I got home, I know exactly where she'd be and what she'd be doing. She'd be outside digging. I know. She'd be getting strawberries, planting something, and digging. She says it's therapy. I say, honey, just get as well as you can. Just dig, dig, dig. Uh, Cost me a fortune, but just go dig, you know. Uh, she cuts the grass. She does all the outside work. Now, I can't even ride a riding lawnmower. Y'all don't think y'all can laugh at me if you want to, but my back surgeries and what I've had done to my back, I, I can't do that. And uh, so she, she says she likes it, and I say, have fun. Uh, but but as soon as she can, she's outside. And I have an idea that, that Naboth has done the same thing. That he has got that garden up, going, growing, and it's something nice. I don't know that it was that way. And then Ahab started paying attention to it. And it was growing and nice. And he saw it. And the more he looked, the more he longed. Now, I can't prove this. 
But I have an idea. I don't think that David sent for Bathsheba the first time he saw her. Now he may have. He very well may have, but I don't necessarily think that he did. You see, it's easy to say no one time. But you play around with stuff. And it gets harder and harder and harder to say no. And he's longing for this. And he tries to he tries to bargain. He set his heart on it. It's what's driving him. He longs for it. Again, I say, where would we be individually and in our churches if we had such a longing for the spiritual? What if we longed to see people saved as much as he longed for this vineyard? Then the third thing about the vineyard is in verse 3 is the law of the vineyard. Naboth just looks at him and he says, The Lord forbid. Leviticus 25, 23. It's his by inheritance. And he can't sell his inheritance. He can sell it to a family member, but he can't sell it outside the family. You see, he knows the law. He knows the word. And he's standing on the word. More and more we're coming to the place, folks, where we're going to have to make some decisions. Now, don't look at me too strange, but we're going to have to make some decisions in this country, in our churches, as to whether or not we're going to stand on the book. We're already having to do that whether we're going to stand on the word or whether or not we're going to be like other crowds and compromise what thus saith the Lord. Now, I made a decision a long time ago that regardless of what my denomination does, I am going to stand on the word. That was mighty weak. Oh, heaven help us. But Naboth knew what the word said And he stood on it. Now how much of the word do we know? And are we standing on the word we do know? Now we know the word says go, don't we? We always take that as a great commission going to all the world. Well, how about that when it's going to the highways and hedges? You know? Huh. I have an idea. There's some highways and hedges around here. There's some roads around here that had not been traveled in a while. Don't look too spiritual. I don't mean bushes like literal bushes. I mean houses where people live. I was thinking. There's some folks I haven't seen in three or four weeks that need to be checked on. Even I know that. I'm on, I don't know their names. I just know 
where they sit. That's how preachers keep up with folks, by the way. I mean, the book says go. Give. Now, you, got, you give pretty good. I, I'm going to pat you on the back on that. You give pretty good. But there's a whole lot in this book that we know. So, okay. That's the law of the vineyard. And then there's the language over the vineyard in verse 4. Now, <laughs> Ahab is king. Remember that. Ahab is king. What does he do? Ahab is not accustomed to being told no. He doesn't like it. When, when Naboth says, no, I can't do this. The law forbids me to do this. He runs into the house, pouts, turns, gets in bed, turns his face to the wall. Now, I watch MASH. And when Henry Blake left, and before Colonel Potter came, Frank Burns thought he was going to be the commander. Anybody see that episode? Don't be ashamed if you, if you did. I mean, I saw it. I'm telling on myself. Frank Burns thought he was going to be in the commander in charge. And uh, get orders. Going to be a new commander. Radar's afraid to give him the orders. So he gets Hawkeye and BJ to go with him. And while he's in the presence of others, he takes it pretty good. But as soon as he's out of their presence, he throws his helmets and he starts whining. My mash, my mash, my mash. And he runs off and pouts. Reminds me of Ahab here. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. Run off and pout. He didn't get his way. Like a child saying, I wanted what I wanted and I didn't get it. Willing to do anything for it. But it didn't happen. The king. Acting in such a fashion. Willing to pay any price. For a vineyard. I will finish it Wednesday night. The issue thus far in the text is where is my vineyard? What is so vital in my heart 
that I am determined, that I am focused, that I am giving my strength and spiritual energy to have. There's something. There's something that is spiritually important to you. Say, oh, I just go with the flow. No. There's something in here because the mind's at work all the time and the heart like the head has got something going on. I think in the heart spiritually there is a throne and there's a cross. And if you know the Lord, he's on one and he's already endured the cross. And he is Lord and he's to be on the throne. Would it make a difference if you and I determined this morning that Christ is going to be my pursuit and on the throne of my heart. Let's stand together. I'm going to have a prayer. And then we're going to sing our invitational hymn. Father, you know our hearts. Help us to pursue you.